Welcome to the We Are Calvary podcast, where our mission is to share Jesus and help people experience life change. Thank you so much for listening. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Thank you for for being with us today at at the 930 service. Uh, As Mary, my wife, mentioned, there is an 8 o'clock service. There's a good crowd there, but there is plenty of room. And uh, we also have an 11.30 service. I'll be interested to see that and how that works out today. We're going to jump into the Word this morning. And, you know, I know you may think it's crazy. You get all comfortable and then the crazy guy has you stand again. But we have this thing of wanting to remind us all how important the Word of God is. How central it is to our faith. And so uh, I'm going to ask you to stand. Just as a way of respecting Hashtag, we say around here, respect the word. It's Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, Your whole body will be full of light, but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Lord, let your word go deep into our hearts and our hearts and and minds today, into our souls. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Okay, let's jump in this day, and I, I want to take us back to heresy corner. Is that okay? It's time for another heresy, and this is the one, you pronounce it this way, I was asked before service, Pelagianism, and it was, uh, it's, it's the beliefs of a, a monk named Pelagius in the 4th slash 5th century, and uh, four tenets of his belief system that he and his followers believed in, and if you're new to church, this may not be a big deal if you're new to Christianity, but for those of us who have been in the faith any amount of time, these are big deals. And uh, it's, it's unsound doctrine that he's promoting. And that's why the Council of Athanasia uh, got together, established a creed coming against this and other things. And anyway, number one was the denial of original sin that Roman, or Romans had been, wow. Genesis chapter three. Romans 3 has nothing to do with it, but Genesis chapter 3 is where original sin entered the world through one man, and uh, there's a denial that we're not all sinful, which obviously he didn't live past three years old. Uh, Anyway, emphasis on human free will, that there is within us all the potential we need, we have free will to do anything we want. And then uh, salvation by works, you could work your way into your faith. And finally, there was the denial uh, of the necessity of, of divine grace. And as many of us know, uh, these are all wrong, incredibly. Scripture supports it. I'm not going to take time to read these. Well, maybe one. Romans chapter 3. That must be where I got it. Romans chapter 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, which is a, a direct refutation of Pelagianism, of Pelagius' thoughts there. Uh, for by grace, Ephesians 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And finally, Romans chapter 5 and verse 12. Now, while not necessarily, and the reason I bring this up today and bring up this heresy is, 
It, no one's running around saying I'm a Pelagianist, but make no mistake, some of his basic thoughts are still seated in our world, our culture today. Certain attitudes and beliefs and practices reflect emphasis on human, human autonomy. In other words, everything I need is already within me, self-reliance and moral striving. And in and of those self, themselves, they're not all that bad, but taken too far. It creates one of four things. It creates an achievement culture where we can do it all ourselves and we don't need God. Or secular humanism that says humans are basically good and don't need God's grace. How about moral relativism? Morality is subjective based on individual preferences and God has no say in how we live. And then finally, for those who've been raised in church, there's that whole works theology that if I work hard enough, God will love me. Essentially, what Pelagius is saying is that humanity is basically good, we can solve all our own problems and we don't need God. Well, I gotta tell you, that's a huge mistake today. Uh, we're in a familiar passage of scripture, the whole where your treasure is thing. Many of us who grew up in Sunday school and church, we got this one down, we know all about it. But I'm gonna ask you to do something with me today. I'm gonna ask you to throw all your preconceived ideas and thoughts and, and view this passage as you read it, you look in the notes, as you're seeing it for the first time. As you're seeing it for the first time, this passage is basically gonna talk to us about where our, our, our focus is in life. Is it in heaven or is it on earth? Is it in wanting to live God's way or our own way? Who are we choosing to serve today? It's, uh, it, it's where our focus is. It's who we are following. Who is the focus of our followership today? That should be Jesus, just so we know. It talks about what we're living for. We live for the cause of Christ. We know that eternity is our home. These are the things this passage is really talking to us about in language that they would have clearly understood in first century. Dallas Willard put it this way. So to discuss our treasures is really to discuss our treasuring, how we go about treasuring things in life. We're not to pass it off as dealing merely with external goods, which are non-spiritual or just physical stuff. It's to deal with the fundamental structure of our soul. See, this really isn't about your money, it's about us today. It has to do precisely with whether the life we live now in the physical realm is to be an eternal one or not, and the extent to which it will be so. Uh, it's about what we treasure. It's about the things we treasure, where we store our treasure, what the focus of our life will be. On Thursday, I was headed over to pick up my grandson. He called me Thursday morning and needed a ride to school. It was too cold to him. Truth of the matter is, 70 degrees would be too cold for him. <laughs> and so he called me and said, Pa, can you come and pick me up? And so I got in my car, dutifully as the grandfather. I drove over to pick him up. And as I was driving there over down further into Puyallup, my mind went back to this passage of scripture, do not put your treasure in things of earth, but in heaven. And I'm driving by on 23rd, up, up 23rd toward Meridian, and off to my right, there's this guy with a, a store shopping cart, and it's filled with stuff. It's filled with stuff. In, in our minds, we would probably all say it's filled with junk. We would say it has no value, we wouldn't buy it, we wouldn't keep it, we certainly wouldn't touch it. And as I thought that, because that's what went through my mind first, I'm being honest with you, uh, I, that still small voice that you get every so often that says, you know what, Ray, that may not mean anything to you, but that is that man's treasure. It's his treasure. It's what he values. It's what his focus is on. It's what he values uh, today. It doesn't matter who we are. doesn't matter how much money we have in the bank. doesn't matter our resources. What matters today is uh, we all treasure something. We all go about treasuring in one particular way. 
I've met people, Mary and I've met people in a township outside of Johannesburg who had nothing, who had treasures. The, the, the prisoner locked in a cell, the person with millions in the bank, the person just scraping by. We all have treasures. We go about treasuring today. We all treasure something. The teaching of Jesus, therefore, applies to us all. Doesn't matter what's in your bank account. It, it's not about that. It's about us today. This is about us. Talk of treasure isn't so much about our possessions or the things we value as it is the heart issue for me today, the heart issue for you. It's about the us that no one sees, the us who we are in secret. It's the choosing of what we believe. It's the choosing of our values. It's the choosing of what we, we make the focus of our life. Now, prior to Genesis 3, back before that whole sin thing came in, that catastrophe that took place in Genesis chapter three, we all more than likely, well, I guarantee it, we all treasured the things that God, we would have treasured the things that God treasured. Our value would have been we treasure God and our relationship and our worship of him and he treasures us. And then our mission would have gone out as a source of treasure and focus for us prior to Genesis 3. And yet when sin entered the world, when sin through Adam and through Eve, if you will, came into the world, uh, it changed the fundamental structure of how or what we value or treasure. You with me in that? Before and after? It, it changed the structure of what we valued. It changed our choicing system. It changed our value system. Those things that were maybe unworthy of being treasures became treasures. That's what happened. We began to value the unworthy. We began to treasure and store up stuff that if we were honest before God, we would say are unimportant and don't matter, but it captured who we were and, and what we were dealing with at that time. Today, many choose to treasure things that are less than God has for them. Treasures come in all different forms. What might be treasure to me might not be treasure to you like the man with the shopping cart. It can be stocks and bonds and lands and gold and other financial vehicles. It can be a treasure as small and fits in your hand. It can be a picture, a, a, a picture that you cherish. It can be a signed baseball. It can be a set, uh, your collection of, of matchbox. Anyone remember those matchbox cars? It can be a collection of those kinds of things. It can be our reputation. It can be our business. It can be our life's work. My point is this. Everybody in this room, in the world today, treasures something. We were made to treasure. I mean, don't, don't feel bad about it. We all, we, we're made to treasure. If you look at Luke, Jesus said these words. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. To love God that way is to treasure him. We were made to treasure with all our soul, mind, heart, we were to treasure. That means we were to worship him, make God the focus. That if you had treasure here, and there's nothing wrong with treasure, that he was the ultimate treasure. He was the treasure of our lives. To treasure him so completely that his will, that his purposes, that his mission, that, that, that the love of God is our love, and that usually around, surrounds itself around people. That these, as we see God and we worshiped and we treasured God, his very person his image would be in us and we would worship and love and do the things that God would call us to do in other words our treasure would be heavenly today Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19 is a warning for everyone but especially we Christ followers today as Jesus sits on the side of the hill and he's looking out toward the sea of Galilee and he speaks to the people who are gathered there he tells them things that they can easily understand he said this do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin, or in the ESV where, where rust comes in to destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. He said, be careful. 
Don't put your stuff there. Well, why? Well, he tells us. You know, this last Wednesday, in, in certain parts, uh, traditionally it's called uh, Mardi Gras. And the literal translation means Fat Tuesday. That means you eat all the stuff in your house you can't eat that, you know, on Ash Wednesday for the next 40 days. Uh, it, you know, it's called Mardi Gras Fat Tuesday. It's called Shrove Day. Some call it Pancake Day because for whatever reason, everyone made pancakes. I got mine on Tuesday. I was home for it. We're normally gone and we were home with... And, Come to find out all the kids, prior to Ash Wednesday, they meet for, for Fat Tuesday at my house. They eat all the stuff I'm not supposed to eat. And, and, and so we were home, and so we joined them. And, you know, it was a celebration. It was all my family. All our family was together. And so I have this chair over in the corner. It's a large great room kind of situation all the way into the kitchen. And I got to sit there, and I just sat in my chair, and I just looked out at my family. And for whatever reason, I remembered when each of my daughters were born. The times at St. Joe's, the times at Good Sam. I remembered when my, my grandchildren, all eight of them were born. I could remember it like yesterday that they were born. It felt like, feels like yesterday. And yet on the 14th, one of my granddaughters, Willa, just turned 10. Parker turns 14 today. We're having the party at our house. And then I've got the one I used to carry around on my shoulder. He drives now, and he, wants, he always wants to drive me to the store, which drives me to drink. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but as, uh, and, and i got to be honest, there's a tinge of sadness in what I'm sharing with you, because that was then, this is now, and life moves forward. Life is transitory. Life is impermanent. Life is fleeting. That all those memories, you know, now in, a lot of us in this room, some of us in this room, some of us are laughed to even hear these words, but words about retirement, words about social security, words about Medicare. These are words that now enter our vocabulary because life continues to move on. Life changes. Life is impermanent. And, and those memories and all the things that we cherish today, a series of firsts, listen to me what I say, a series of firsts become a series of last. Does that make sense? And... There, there, there is that sadness. I mean, I could almost feel like uh, Leo Tolstoy. He wrote the great, the great novel of War and Peace and uh, fell into a deep depression because he realized, even after all his success, that all the things he valued, all the things that he cherished, all the things of this world would one day pass away. And, and it, it sent him into a dark depression. And then he came to know Jesus. Time moves on. Any treasure we keep here will one day pass away. First Peter chapter one would say to us, for all people are like grass and all their glory are like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Point being, whatever hopes, dreams, and realities we have here, we place in this world will one day be gone. Jesus also said this, you know, I, 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 just bear with me. I'll get to the good stuff in a minute. Jesus says, don't put your treasure in place where thieves can break in and steal. A few years ago, our home was broken into. We had an alarm system, and the day we started using it was after the break-in. Wow. We use it faithfully now. But Mary had some jewelry stolen, uh, things that I had given to her from our trips, and just because she's my wife, and things from her mom, and they were gone forever. Why? Because thieves broke in. How many of us in our lives, in our daily living, in, in our experiences, in all those different ways... How many times have thieves broken into our lives and stolen something? 
How many know I'm not just talking about physical things like jewelry? I'm talking about thieves that steal things that have true value, things within us. We live in a time where, where, where the hope of people, it's being stolen every day. You just have to turn on the news. You just have to go to social media. And if you're not careful, uh, there will be someone who wants to steal your hope or steal your peace, steal something from you. Treasures of this world, if you place all your hope, your peace, all the intangibles that are really more important than the tangibles, if you place them and hold on to them as if they're a part of this world, they will, thieves will break in and steal things that truly matter like hope and, and, and peace. Because there are thieves in the world that want to steal, kill, and destroy as it were. Pelagius is wrong. People are not basically good. And we cannot fix our own problems. People lose hope have it stolen by what they see around them. I was in a meeting a week and a half ago, I think, and I'm sitting there across the table talking to some people on, on this project, and they said, oh, by the way, did you know, and they mentioned the guy I used to work with on another project, another company, and he said he took his life. There are thieves in this world that wants to steal. And I don't know I don't know all the things that led him to that decision, but I'll guarantee you this, hopelessness was in there somewhere. An absence of hope that said, there is no other way, I've got no out, I've got nothing. And so, whatever the other reasons, I guarantee you hopelessness was one of them. And so, the intangibles of hope and peace, if you hold on too tightly to the things of this world, Jesus said, don't do it, because either they'll fade away, they'll pass away, they're intangible, they're impermanent, or there will be thieves that will come in and steal the things that you value, the, the things that you put into relationships. you got to be careful with them today. And then he goes on and we turn the corner and we bring a, a ray of hope, a, a sunshine into this message. He said these, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, put your treasure, the things that really matter, the things with eternal value in a place where the forces of nature, nor human nature, that which is evil, can get at it. Put it somewhere safe. Let the, let the focus of your life, let the matters of your heart be in a position. And, before, and the focus before a God that said, nothing nor nobody can steal what I have in Christ. That's the call today. Live life knowing there's a king, knowing there's a kingdom. And the closer we draw to Jesus, we will involve ourselves in heavenly purposes and, by, and in his will. And we live out what God is saying. And consequently, because we focus into the purpose and the mission of God, following Jesus, practicing the way, then our hope and our peace and our love and our joy is secure that it's in a place where moth nor rust nor vermin can ever get to. That is our hope and our salvation today. These are the treasures of heaven. Then he said these words, speaking to the crowd, he said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, as a young person, I've always thought they got that backwards. Shouldn't it be where I am, where my heart is, there my treasure will be, but I'm dead wrong. Doesn't mean that. It's where our treasure is that we show up. It's where our treasure is, the things that truly we value, that's where we place ourselves, right? The thing that I truly value, where, where I place my treasure is what gets the best parts of me. 
What I treasure gets the best of my time. It gets the best of my resources. It gets the best of my giftings. It gets the best of my talents. It gets the best of my thoughts, the best of my desires, and all my hopes and and dreams. Wherever my focus is, wherever my treasure is, there I am. Henry Blackaby, who wrote, some of us will remember, the, the, the Bible study, Experiencing God. Great study. Put out, tw- I don't know, 25 years ago, maybe. Uh, he said these words. He just passed away a few days ago. He had this statement that I'll never forget. It says, watch and see where or what God is doing and join him in it. Watch and see what God is doing or where God's moving and join him there. Uh, when we do that, it means what we're doing never becomes lost. That when we're involving ourselves in eternal values, when we're doing the stuff of, of God's calling on our lives, be it in ministry or not, wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever you're doing, when God's call upon your life and his purpose and his mission begins to consume you, then you have transitioned from earthly things to heavenly things. And you have decided that where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. When we join God in what he's doing, we're storing up treasures in heaven. If the first contrast, I mean, Jesus, by the way, Jesus is giving three contrasts and three choices in this passage. First one is where we're going to keep our treasure, either in heaven or on earth. The second one is is going to be between light and darkness. The contrast, the choice, that's that's on, on how we see the world. That's our choice today. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, a few years ago, I had, uh, I had cataract surgery. It's genetic in my family, and so I, I got the surgery fairly early. And it was amazing. Everything before I had to have glasses on to see anything, really, everything was blurry. Everything was shaded. Everything, I couldn't see clearly. Even if I was on a treadmill, I couldn't see the numbers. And then I go into Dr. Grace up in Seattle and she puts in these new lenses in my eyes, whatever she does, and and it's amazing. I mean, I use these for reading my notes there, but I don't need them anymore. I see clearly, I see with clarity. And when Jesus compares our eyesight, it's not really about our physical eyesight. It is, if you will, about our heart sight. Does that make sense to everybody? It's our hearts. He's talking about our hearts. If our hearts are healthy, if our hearts are focused, if our hearts, if we see with spiritual eyes is what he is saying, uh, when we choose to keep our treasure in heaven, it, it improves our heart sight. It improves how we see the world. When we choose the way of Jesus, then our lives come into alignment with kingdom reality and we see the world differently. We don't see like other people. We see with discernment. We see with the Spirit of God speaking in that still small voice into our souls. We see more clearly and we understand ourselves. We know that there's something in all of us that we always need to guard against. But we don't just see inwardly. That when our heart is healthy and we see clearly, we see the world around us in different ways as well. The highs and lows of life are tempered by an eternal reality. Did you hear what I said? Highs and lows, they're all balanced because we see with a spiritual, long-term kingdom, eternal, heavenly mentality today. Our orientation for life flows from that clarity that we find in Jesus Christ. And we're able to discern things better. 
we're able to discern good from evil. We're able to discern right from wrong and discern between what's good and what's best today. We can see the world for what, what it really is. It's a, a world in desperate need and Pelagius was wrong. We can't save ourselves. I mean, the minute humanity gets involved, I, no, no offense here, but we tend to make a mess of things. And we see clearly, we see a world desperate for revival, a move of God. That if the church would but proclaim the name of Jesus and stay focused, stay in that heavenly mindset, we could change the world. I believe that fervently today. We start living a, a different reality. And then whatever resources we have, we, we, we use them to extend the kingdom of God to places that need it desperately today. It influences how we live. It influences how we live. You know, that means we're no longer influenced by the latest social media post. I mean, people get, I was going to say crazy, but that's not nice. They get, they get crazy. <laughs> they get a post, and, and you know what? We Christians who, we, you know, we have that verse, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Sometimes I got to ask, why are we so susceptible to being afraid when someone posts something on social media? Or we get angry about it. We start pounding our fist. And the minute we, we pound our fists, the more foolish we look to the world. And they shake their head wondering. They're not worried about what they believe. They're wondering if we believe what we believe. Did you catch that? They're wondering if we believe what we believe. And the world changes. When our hearts are healthy, we see the world. And we live with the assurance that this place, catch this. And I wish, I wish we could all, me included, get this. This is not our home. The Bible makes plain. We are, we are citizens of heaven. We are aliens. We are foreigners. We belong to the kingdom. We belong in the kingdom of God. It's not just a metaphor. I'm talking really, really, really. We are members of the kingdom of God. That's who we are. And, and when we place our, our, our treasure in heaven, when we see more clearly, we see ourselves, we see the world, and it, it, it melts into who we are and we begin to live differently today. It's not saying we'll be perfect. I mean, I'm, I won't, don't even get me going. We make mistakes, but thankful. Pelagius is wrong again. I need the grace of God. How about you? Okay, now here's the thing. Uh, the choice between, between heaven, earthly treasure, heavenly treasure, between eyesight, that heart sight that sees the world properly, sees ourselves properly, and, and, and doesn't. Well, there's a third one here, and, and here's the third contrast or choice who will you serve who will you serve today Jesus said these words he said no one can serve two masters either you will hate the one and love the other or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve God in money now money in that day could have been livestock it could have been coin it could have been clothing it could have been a lot of different things in that context people worked for different landowners they were like sharecroppers or or something different Jesus says, you can't serve two masters. And yet, isn't it just like us to think we can treasure value the things of earth at the same time treasure the things of, of heaven? Isn't that just us? That we can live in darkness and light at the same time. Well, here's the thing. Jesus drops the metaphors. He's no longer talking about light and darkness He's no longer talking about eyesight, no longer about treasure. He just, he puts it out there and he says it pretty plain. He says, you can't serve two, you gotta serve one. That we, he makes it plain. He breaks with the metaphors and, and speaks that no one can serve two masters. 
You know, the fact in my life is, is if I'm living life and I'm not focused in on the, on the kingdom of God, there's going to be times where something, let me put it this way, there will always be something that's a priority in our lives. If I were to use a metaphor from scripture, there will always be something we worship, but then we'd have to get into that whole idolatry thing, and I don't want to do that today. There's always something that will consume our thought life. There's always something that will consume us, that will be the goal and purpose of our lives. You know, here's the thing. We can have many goals, but we can't have more than one ultimate goal. In other words, if there's treasure here, there needs to be a treasure that's the treasure of treasures. If you have goals and there's nothing wrong with them, we all live by them, but there needs to be an ultimate goal. And I want to ask you this question because that's what Jesus is asking. What is our ultimate goal today? What is the ultimate goal of our life? The the key to the Sermon on the Mount, the key to the Sermon on the Mount is to yield whatever treasure we have and lay, lay it at his feet. The key to the Sermon on the Mount is to realize as Jesus was talking to people, he's talking in the present tense. I I love the prayer and I love these songs. Taylor Lindbergh couldn't have picked better songs for this message. They were all perfect. One day, literally, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. One day, literally, we will all gather around the throne and one day we will live in an environment where there is no more sorrow and there is no more pain and there is no more death. I look forward to that day to live fully and presently, physically in the kingdom of God. But make no mistake about it, the kingdom of God is here and now. It's here and now. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. And to always look down the road to where something might come. No, 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 no. What Jesus is talking about in this passage, in fact, the entire Sermon on the Mount, live as though you're living in the kingdom of God now. Make your choices, make your decisions, make the focus of our lives as though you are, because indeed you are. We're living in the kingdom of God. We who are part of the kingdom of God go out into the world as kingdom bearers. We are, we are a kingdom people. What that means is, because we have put our treasure in heaven, because we have chosen to walk in the light instead of darkness, because we have made the decision that there can only be one ultimate goal in our lives, and it's following Jesus. Not to say all the other stuff isn't important, but that is the ultimate goal. We, we go out there and we live in the kingdom of God and we live as kingdom people. What does that mean? I could spend an hour on that, but I'll let you figure that one out on your own for you. What does that mean for you? How do, you know... For me, for this Lent, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not Catholic, but I'm celebrating Lent. I, one of the things I gave up, I don't mind telling you because maybe it helps someone, I gave up social media and thank God. I'm, I thank, you want to you refresh your brain? Give up, give up social media for 40 days. Pastor Ray, there's something burning in me. I got to put it on there. Just don't. Just don't. For the kingdom's sake. Just, just don't. Sorry, where was I? John R. Stott said this. I was just having fun there. He calls us to thoughts before he calls us to actions. He invites us to look clearly and coolly at the alternatives before us and weigh them carefully. Only when we have grasped the comparative durability of the two treasures, corruptible, incorruptible, the comparative usefulness of two eye conditions, light and darkness, and the comparative worth of two masters, God and mammon or money, Are we ready to make our choice? Make our choice.
This last uh, week, one of our young ladies who work in the office, a dear friend, one of the ladies who keeps this place going, uh, Emily Ford, was in a, a terrible car accident. Someone crossed the lane, hit her head on, and she's fine. She's home now. But if, if you've seen pictures of the car, you, you, you believe in a God who, who keeps and saves. And she was rushed to the trauma center at Tacoma, and she's fine now. And we pray for Emily, quick recovery. We pray for the entire Ford family and Taylor, who's his, uh, her brother. But we also went to see another guy uh, in the hospital. He's down in emergency in a room. He's, he's been there a while, but he's in emergency. And I've known him a, a while. He, he went to my brother's church down in California before they moved up here. And uh, he's been sick with an infection for a while. So we walk into the room, and uh, he starts telling us, I've known, he's had a, he has a tear in his heart, and they repaired it, but it didn't hold. He's got a tear in his heart, which is quite a serious thing, as you might imagine. But the other problem is, he has this infection, and the fine surgeons up at Harborview cannot operate on him until this infection goes away, because they say if they put him on the table, he'll die right then. I mean, it's serious. So Mary and I, we go see Emily, and then we go down to see him, and uh, he starts telling us all this. He's got a nuclear CT scan next week uh, that will tell if, what the infection is doing, and if it's still there, if it's still spreading, they're going to send him home. And by that they mean, there's, unless the antibiotics can, there's nothing that he can do, that they can do. And I'm listening him to tell, and it's a big deal. It, it's, it's not looking good. Not looking good. But he said words like this. He said, you know what, Pastor Ray? Every day is a blessing from God. He said, if this is it, he said, I'm okay with it. God's got a plan. I'm ready to go. I'm in the hands of God, and this guy's a little younger than I am. And he's just talking, and he's talking and talking. I'm not doing any talking. He's talking. And Mary is just standing there, and we are overwhelmed by this man's faith and his peace and the hope that he has. Amazing. I've seen that before in another hospital room. His name was Harold. Same thing. Had a tumor. said, Pastor Ray, I'm ready to go. No biggie. Going back to the other guy, let me ask you some questions about, about him. Where does his treasure lie? In earth or in heaven? Oh, that kind of peace? Only one place. How does he choose to see? In darkness? Or in light. Oh. He sees with a clarity that most of us can only long for today. Third question. Who has he decided to serve? Again. He made his decision a long time ago that said. If I live, if I die. To live is Christ and to die is gain. 
But the real question for me and for us today is, where will we place our treasures? Who will we live for? Will, how will we live? You know, I, I got a little long-winded, so I'm gonna wrap this up. The ushers are, are coming, and we're gonna celebrate communion. And then we'll come to close out this time. Let's just worship. Just sit there and let's worship the Lord together. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to partner with us in sharing Jesus and helping people experience life change, you can support our mission by clicking the link in the description. If this message has impacted you, please subscribe and share. To learn more, visit wearecalvary.com. We'll see you back next week.